The Grayson Waller effect continues on NXT 2.0. Yes, that is my worst Australian accent impression ever. But it should be noted that Grayson Waller continues to dominate all the airtime on NXT. And next week, he's going to have another face-to-face meeting with AJ Styles. Tonight on the New Year's Bash edition of AEW Dynamite, the Undisputed Era reunite once again as Kyle O'Reilly makes his in-ring debut on Dynamite alongside his brothers, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish. We're going to jump into all of these and more tonight on The Debrief. Here we go. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. What's up, everyone? It is Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's time for the debrief here on Sports Key to Wrestling. I'm your host, Jose G. Next to me is the top Chico himself, Rico El Glorioso. And we're here to bring you everything you need to know that went down this week on both NXT 2.0 and AEW Dynamite. As always, if you're joining us for the very first time here on Sports Key to Wrestling, go ahead and give us that like button, engage with the show. The like, the heart button, the laugh emoji, the angry emoji, it doesn't matter. Go ahead and sound off, engage with the show. Let us know what you thought about both shows this week. Also, go ahead and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. We already already passed our goal of 24,000. We're well on our way to 25,000, so help us get there by liking, sharing, and subscribing. Smashing that notification bell so you never miss whenever we drop brand new content. We just dropped our preview for day one with kenny bolin and sp3 so go ahead and give that a check out and we got some interviews with drew mcintyre and rick uccino some great stuff so go ahead dive into all of the content that we got dropping on our youtube and if you want some listicle stuff and you want to literally binge check out our wrestle binge channel it's also loaded with tons of great content so never miss it it was a follow now that all the plugs are out of the way rico get that pasando bro what's up man man can you believe it? Two days Merry, left. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Ahead of the new year. Did you have a good Christmas? Oh, I had an amazing Christmas. Not only did I get to spend it with some family, I got an amazing gift from you, Jose, which just wait until next year when I get the revamp studio and everything like that. I got to proudly display what you got me. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy to think that we're here at the end of the year already, Jose. 2021 is almost over. We've made it through and fresh on the heels of some amazing wrestling coming up with between day one, New Year's Smash tonight, as well as on Friday night. And we got the debut of Dynamite on TBS coming up next week with a stacked card. Man, we're starting off this year hot, but how was your holiday, Jose? Man, holiday was nice, bro. It was chill. It was low-key, exactly how I wanted it. I didn't want it, uh, you know, congested with people all over the place, you know, especially with Omegron all over the place now. Uh, but, you know, it was just low-key. It was just my uh, me and my wife, Brenda, uh, you know, here at the house watching, you know, Christmas Story all day long, watching all sorts of movies. Finally got to check out The Matrix. Uh, I, you know, there's a lot of people. No, there's a lot of people that knocked on it. I did not knock on it. I absolutely loved it. And um, I'll give my reasoning later on. But we're not here to talk about movie reviews. We're here to talk about NXT. We got to review this wrestling. And we got to talk about this AEW Dynamite that'll last 
Dynamite on TNT, the last Dynamite of 2021, the Holiday Bash. Good show, man. Good show uh, from top from top to bottom. It was it, it was it was hella entertaining. Um, but man, I think t- did Teddy Long get hired uh, <laughs> on this episode of AEW Dynamite because he opened up the show with a ten man tag team match. He had Jurassic Express and the Lucha Bros and Christian Christian Cage going up against FTR, uh, Private Party. And Matt Hardy. So it was just a mess of bodies all over the place. <laughs> Hell of entertaining. There was just some, some crazy spots that uh, Ray Phoenix did, as always, that are always just like, whoa, like what the hell are we expecting? Uh, but uh, but fun matchup, FTR, getting that solid win with the big rig. Uh, and uh, hopefully they're probably going to get another matchup against the Lucha Bros against somewhere down the line. Well, that's if the Lucha Brothers are still – AEW Tag Team Champions, because, of course, the way this match ended, a little bit of miscommunication, a little malfunction at the junction between the Lucha Brothers and Christian Cage, who essentially cost their team the match, which led to a segment later on when they were getting interviewed and Jurassic Express and Christian Cage interrupt. Christian Cage, on behalf of Jurassic Express, challenged them, challenged the Lucha Brothers for an AEW Tag Team Championship match next week on the TBS debut of Dynamite. But you can pretty much see, you know, again, the tag team division is stacked and you got even better when you had officially welcomed in Red Dragon because they came in with the graphic, with their music. Red Dragon is officially all elite. And yeah, it looks like FTR getting the win against the uh, essentially either the new or the still AEW tag team champions. You can imagine there's going to be another match against FTR, but there's a load of teams that are right behind them ready to get a title shot whether it's red dragon whether it's best friends whether it's you know ftr you still have private party you have you know uh bear country 2.0 you have all these tag teams so it continues to get even better but you're right we kicked off with the 10-man tag we ended the night with the trios championship or the trios trios match so it was all about the multi-man matches to bookend the show but uh not only did we get that 10-man tag we also had another trios match uh, with Eddie Kingston and Santana Ortiz uh, going up against Daniel Garcia and 2.0, so of course, man, does... Eddie Kingston, bro, Eddie Kingston, man, he just he does he don't like no one, bro, like he don't like <laughs> no one, like, he like he, he, anybody helping him. If you're a friend, he don't like you. If you're your friend, like he just doesn't like anybody, right? Um, especially like after uh, after the matches, you know, over and well, Danny Garcia starts attacking and Matt Lee starts attacking. Um, you know, everyone, then Chris Jericho comes out, he's got his good old trusty bat with him and starts taking one everyone. And Eddie Kings was like, What the hell are you doing here? These are my friends. So now I don't need are we gonna help. have a matchup for the help. custody of Santana and Ortiz. Is that what's <laughs> gonna happen here? It's gonna be LAX on a pull match. That's what's gonna be happening and coming up very soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's good to see Jer- Jericho back because of course we hadn't seen him on TV since he got taken out by 2.0. So it looks like he's back. Uh, but, yeah, we're probably going to get Eddie Kingston versus Jericho. So that'll be another interesting match to see how probably they Probably a revolution, the right? You know, give some time to build it. Probably a revolution. Oh, I don't I – mean, it doesn't need to be that big. But I think it's basically for kind of like what we had Eddie Kingston and Pop. It's going to be like that. Yeah. It's it, like it's, one of those specials, maybe like Fight for the Fallen or like something like that. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's going to be the biggest match, but it just goes to show, yeah, Eddie Kingston, he's just ready to beef with anybody. So him and uh, Jericho, we're going to have some some of the older vets go in the ring against each other here. So, you know, we'll see how they decide to play this one out. So let's let's talk about MJF really quick here because he had, <laughs> not, he had a pretty cool backstage promo. Sean Spears and Wardlow's backstage with him. Um, MJF tells Wardlow that he needs to keep winning these matches, uh, especially with that upcoming ladder match, the TNT ladder match, um, that if he wins that match or when he wins that match, he's going to have to relinquish it to him. And Wardlow's like, say what? what? And then smart Mark, Mer- smart Mark Mert Sterling comes in. He just starts reading off the contract that any wins, any championships, anything that you may win under the employment of actual Jacob Friedman shall will all go to MJF for life in perpetuity, blah, blah, blah. Like, everything. I'm like, dude, like, are you listening oh. to what you signed up for, Wardlow? Like, this is just a matter of time when that turn comes in. When that turn oh. comes, that pop is going to be so huge because people are going to be so behind Wardlow at that point. Because right now, like, he's on this 14-match undefeated streak, right? And who has he gone up against? Who? Tell Rico, tell me who. Uh, Colin Delaney was exactly. this week's winner of Squash who? Victim who? of the Week. Is that what we're calling them? Squash Victim? Oh, are we doing like Zombieland? Like the Zombie Kill of the Week? But the It's going to be Squash rat? Victim of the Week. Yeah. And this squash is gonna be a... Victim of the Week. And just counting how many power bombs. Graphic. I'm going to have to kind of come up with a graphic for that. Squash Victim of the Week. Yeah, he took it only took four power bombs this time to get the win over poor little Colin Delaney, who then of course got smashed with the chair from uh Sean Spears afterwards. But yeah, I like how they're setting up basically a crossroads for MJF. Pardon the pun there. Uh, but uh later on we heard from CM Punk. Of course, he's gonna get in the, he's gonna interfere at any opportunity that MJF has at a title. So this is what's gonna it's gonna be setting up these kinds of storylines where Wardlow is going to be, and he's probably going to win this ladder match just because of how well they're building him right now, is going to go to MJF. And MJF is not going to be able to win because of CM Punk. And then, of course, when it comes down to that match, that's when we're going to see the turn from Wardlow. He's not going to have MJF's back, and he's just going to leave him be. And that's what's going to, you know, cost MJF whatever opportunity he gets. Like, you see it coming at, you know, different levels. It's, it's going to be a question if it happens at the same time or does it even come off of each other. But you setting up all of these pieces just for the right moment for it to cash in and have these great matches, these great turns or, the again, great moments that we could have here in AEW. So I think they're doing a really smart way of doing it. Everything that they're doing is setting it up, like from the promo and just Warlord just in the back not caring and then, I'm like, wait, what? If I win, I'm, I'm doing what? I'm giving you my opportunity after I've been winning all these matches? So it's it's setting up a good turn in the future. And I'm agreeing with Stephen Chambers. Like, Wardlow will be the next breakout star in uh, 2022. Like, yeah, don't I think be that's surprised. Good, I think that's a good prediction. A, I think yeah. the, I think that's not even a prediction. That's just a matter of uh, a matter of fact. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, I just think, dude, that like... All right, so... With AEW, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? You you have the tribalism that AEW is better than this and better than WWE. There's some things that AEW does better than WWE and vice versa. For example, some of the storytelling, when it comes to storytelling on a consistent basis, they have a better way of handling the long-term story. So, for example, with Wardlow, 
I mean, it's been 14 matches. That's 14 weeks that they've been trying to tell this story with Wardlow, and we're not even scratching the surface, right? Not even started. You know? So, to me, like, if I'm a casual viewer, like, I understand what they're doing, but if I'm a casual viewer, and I'm tuning in, and I'm seeing this guy, Wardlow, who's just beating guys left and right, I'm not seeing where the story is here, you know? So I think in a, in, in in the case of Wardlow, I think that they're taking too long to tell his story, Okay. Whereas in like in WWE, and I'm just using the comparison, a lot of the times we get all these stories that are just kind of jam rush, jam rush, jam rush, boom, let's put the story together so we can have the payoff on the pay-per-view to, just to continue the story. Yeah. But when they want to tell a story and they want to tell a good story, they do an they amazing do job. Yeah. Roman Reigns is the example. Yeah. Year and a half story with Roman Reigns. That story has been great. Um, Maybe they're going to do something, but they, they need to start hitting that accelerator button or accelerator <laughs> pedal with Wardlow just a little bit because the story is getting redundant. We've seen the same thing now for three weeks in a row. Give me something different. Give me a little bit. Give me a little bit more indication. Like to have him take out Sean Spears because he's, you know, frustrated. You just keep yelling at Matt every time that he tries to do the Powerbomb Symphony. Do you understand what like do you understand what I'm yeah. going with this, though? Like what, yeah. what, what my rationale is. Yeah, you know, I, and you I have to agree with me. You can totally debate me on it. Like I, I would love to hear your point of view. Yeah, and, and you make a good point. Uh, I think the whole problem is right now why they haven't done it is because they want to make it special. And right now, again, they're a bit crowded right now because the big story right now is CM Punk versus MJF, two of the best workers on the mic. It, you know, you're not gonna be able to thrust Wardlow into the big title picture anytime soon. Uh, he can get there easily, but you can see him being in like the TNT picture. But right now, that's being dominated by Cody Rhodes. So, and you don't want to have Wardlow take a loss to Cody. If anything, he should be the one to beat Cody for that TNT championship. So, I think it's just going to take some time. They just have so many big names right now, and they're trying to work all these storylines that they they want to save that so that when it does get pushed, it means something big, kind of like Big E. Like we knew that mm-hmm. moment was going to come. It just so it was a matter of when. And when it happened, you know, now the spotlight's on you. Like, you are the one mm-hmm. that we're going to be pushing. You are the one that we want to lead, you know, this either TNT championship or the AEW championship. So just because of that, I think they're going to wait just a little bit. They're going to get through all these storylines. But when that happens, like, the eventual turn against him and MJF is going to be something monumental because I think it's going to have big stakes. Like, it's not just going to be just a feud. It's probably going to have title implications too, whether it's the AEW championship or TNT. So I think that's why they're just waiting right now. They're getting through all these big storylines first, and then probably coming into or out of Revolution is what we're going to see that moment happen. How about that nice little knock that he taught? He 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 brought up about the social media post, the bidding war of twenty twenty four, because he was complaining about how Sting threw him over the rope and you know the whole the treatment. He's like, if I would have been at a real company, you know, this would have never happened. You know, so we'll see what happens in 2024 when the bidding war starts. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. Uh, but yeah, man, well, what if this story draws out for two years? Can you take out, can you take, like, that's the bidding war. Like, for example, like that comes up and then we see the turn and then he takes out MGF and that's the last easy of MGF because he shows up on Monday Night Raw three weeks later. No, that's way too long. That, that's that's okay. That's way too long. He, <laughs> that's I'm, way too he, long. I'm telling you, you need to you need to hit that accelerator pedal on it. 
Like All they're right, hitting man, with let's... the. I would say they're hitting the accelerator pedal when it comes to uh, the young bucks and Red Dragon at this point because even in the main event we saw a little bit of hesitation. But uh, before we got to that match, we had backstage promo where Kyle needed to talk to Adam Cole one on one because us as the marks that we are, we know about the history, especially with what just happened in NXT not too long ago. And they had a reference in here. It's like, hey, you know, we've been on kind of rocky terms right now. I know Bobby Fish has got my back. Do you have my back too? So already they're hitting that that accelerator acceleration when it comes to this storyline. And I'm okay with it. Like you can slow down with Wardlow, but I'm okay with what they're doing here with Red Dragon, Adam Cole, Agreed. and the Young Agreed. Bucks. But man, uh, we'll talk about the main event when we get there. But already, like, this is what we wanted. We're getting it. It's beautiful. But one thing I wasn't sure if we wanted it, but we still got it, is the return of Dan Lambert. And he did not have the nicest things to say about one Brandy Rhodes. Man, I was cooking when I was listening to this promo. And my jaw dropped. Did he really? When he started calling Brandy, it's not the name of a former stripper. And uh, and then Brandy came out and she just let that bouginess go and just embraced the inner ghetto-ness of her. And she's like, I might not have a black belt in jujitsu, but I'm black woman. And she uh, they just started going out. This is hilarious. But when she sees when what does she say? She's like. You come out here trying to be a less impressive Hapal. Yeah, you're like fat head, fat head, balding, less, yeah, less talented version of Paul Heyman, which got a nice little pop from the crowd, which was good. Ooh. And again, Dustin Rose came out. He got laid out. But really, this was to set up the TNT Championship match that we're getting this Friday on Rampage New Year Smash. We are getting Cody Rhodes defending his title against all ego Ethan Page. After all their bitching and moaning, they're finally going to get a shot at the TNT Championship on Friday. Yeah, he's not winning. Cody Rose is going to hold this title for a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's. I was a little surprised there when I watched uh, the, the, the Holiday Bash edition um, on Saturday when uh, Semi Guevara lost that title. Great match, but it took two, two crossroads. crossroads and a, a, a Tiger Driver 97 to put him away. I mean, it was just a little bit too much over the top, but I thought, man, I don't think they should have done that, but that's just me. Uh, we, we had the semifinal match up here at the TBS women's oh, championship, yes. Jade Cargo, Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa coming out with her Wolverine outfit, uh, showing that she was not going to give up. She attacked X Jade bro. Cargo the very best way. She just kept attacking those legs, telling that story. Um, you know, Thunder Rosa is a veteran in the ring. Jade Cargo, you know, she she hasn't been in the business that 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 long, right? Yeah. So Thunder Rosa's carrying this match, but Jade Cargo did very, very well with Thunder Rosa. And uh we got to see the debut of Mercedes Martinez costing Thunder Rosa. Her matchup against Jade Cargill. Did Jade Cargill take an advantage with the Glam Slam or Jaded advancing to the final against Ruby Riot? I really wanted to see Thunder Rosa versus Ruby, but we kind of knew from the get this tournament was made for Jade. Yes, it was. It is to crown her the first ever TBS champion. We are getting that next week. Uh, but uh, yeah, I love the addition of Mercedes Martinez, this is another good piece to this women's division. 
finally they they're taking care of everything that we were you know had gripes about with AEW when we first started covering them between the women's division and you know not putting in some of these storylines and now they have a really stacked women's division they're doing a great job here they're doing a great job with the tag team division and all the other storylines so good job AEW for finally you know course correcting and getting it right you even have Dr. Britt Baker DMD going to be defending her AEW women's championship against Riho this Saturday, I'm sorry, next Saturday on uh, January 8th on a Saturday fight night. Uh, so we're going to have all the titles basically be defended in one week. So nice. already this next week is starting off 2022 really, really hot when it comes to professional wrestling. And probably one of the hottest guys right now on the mic still, CM Punk making his debut here in Jacksonville in Daly's Place. Uh, a solid promo once again. He welcomes back JR, who JR is back from uh, recovery, which is good. Good to see good old JR back in the commentary booth. Uh, and of course, he puts over Brody Lee because there have been some people in social media that have been talking down and downplaying uh, basically the history of Brody Lee and what he's been able to do with professional wrestling, which CM Punk basically put him in his place. Like anybody that is has anything negative to say about John Huber did not know who he is as a person. So mm -hmm. he shut that down nice and quick and just reminded everybody about how talented Brody Lee truly was. And of course, you got to get in that little jab to my Jaguars. Thanks. Uh, CM Punk telling him that MJF is a bigger waste of money than Tim Tebow. And of course, Tim Tebow grew up in Jacksonville, Nice High School. It's going to make the crowd feel a certain uh, way. I was fine with it. But yeah, uh, it was... It was it was a smart, it was a little smart yeah, little jab. Yeah, Brenda, when she was watching this, my wife, she was like, ouch. She's a Tim Tebow <sighs> fan. I don't know why, but she, she, she's a Tim Tebow fan. But really, this whole, uh, after that nice little pop from the crowd and the reactionary that he got, uh, he went on to basically say, MJF is saying that it's over between him and CM Punk, but they're both here in AW to win championships, and, and as they are both on paths to gold, they're going to cross at some point, and it'd be a shame if somebody just happened to keep MJF from winning some gold. So needless to say, any title shot MJF has, whether it's one from Wardlow or not, he's not going to be able to win gold thanks to CM Punk, and this is going to continue on later on. Yeah, man, uh, I, we'll see we'll, we'll see how long this whole thing is going to last because – there's only so many promos where you just get tired of them just saying the most degrading and disrespectful thing they can to each other, right? You're like, all right, it's like, it's like that saying, all right, just just bang and get it over with already, you know, right? Just because it's, 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 it's almost like the same exact thing. I was like, all right, let's get this matchup over with, all right? Uh, it's like uh, enough foreplay, give it to me now. <laughs> just uh, yeah, yeah, just want to get over it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> just bone and get just, over. Just cut the That's fine. Uh, we did have a uh, in-ring promo with uh, Brian Pillman Jr. and Tony Giovanni. He calls out Malachi Black uh, to a match next week. Black comes out, vanishes, being all spooky. Uh, this is after he took out uh, Griff Garrison. May he rest in peace. Um, <laughs> last week uh, after just completely dismantling him. And uh, so, yeah, he, he just wants revenge on him. Uh, then we got a video package for the upcoming matches on Friday's uh, Rampage. Darby Allen versus Anthony Bowen. 
uh, in a street fight. Then we got uh, that in the street fight, we got TJ and Penelope Ford and the Bunny, and then a TNT Championship match, which you t- said about a little bit earlier. Cody Rhodes going up against All Ego at Ethan Page. Uh, and then let's see what else. Oh, and then we also got uh, the TBS debut yeah, AEW Championship match. The whole the card. It's that's next week. Stack card. Uh, yeah, stack card. We got the, the, the uh, Hangman Adam Page and Brian Danielson too with the judges in case it goes another 60 minutes. Uh, then we got uh, the Tag Team Championship match with the Lucha Bros going up against Jurassic Express. And then the inaugural TBS Championship match, Jade Cargill. Ruby Soho in the final, and Malachi Black going up against Brian Pillman. That's all going down in the new TBS era of AEW Dynamite. Yeah, so gonna, stack card next week. Sounds gonna good. Witness the 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 untimely passing of one Brian Pillman Jr. Also at the hands of Malachi Black. So unfortunately, he's not yeah. going to start off 2022 on a good note. But man, the main event we finally got to see reunited, and it feels so good. We got the undisputed, undebatable, yeah, untalkable, the undebatable epoch. Yeah, but the un- undebatable epic, because you can't say era, because you don't. We don't era. do that here. Uh so yeah, we finally got to see the uh, reunited Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, the official debut of Red Dragon on AEW, going up against the best friends in uh, Orange Cassidy, which. It's what you would expect, man. It's all these guys are talented. They're all gonna have their spots. I was worried when it looked like uh who was it? It was uh Chuck that like took a nasty fall off like the side of the stage and mm-hmm. it he was out for a little bit. It looks like it took him a second to recover. Uh but man, it, just great storytelling all around. Like it's great to see Kyle be able to wrestle his way the way that him and Bobby used to outside of NXT. Uh because they just man, they just let him do what they do in the ring and what they do is put on great matches, and that's what we got mm-hmm. here. Uh, of course, we did have once again the Young Bucks happen to uh, interfere once. Uh, well, not interfere, but at least make the presence known, and that kind of led to a, a little bit more miscommunication this time between Red Dragon and Adam Cole. But this still set up Red Dragon to get the win, uh, chasing the dragon, uh, getting the win over the best friends. But they were uh, Adam Cole wasn't in the ring to have his hand raised with. The rest of the undebatable group. So that tension is there. Will he or won't he? Is he gonna choose his new friends or I'm his old you, friends bro, or his old friends or his new friends? It's gonna be Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks for the custody of Adam Cole. You know, we said that. I think you had said that about a few weeks ago when yeah. this whole situation started, right? And I think earlier last week I started seeing memes about that. Um, Cole on a pole match. <laughs> Cole on the pole match. The custody of Adam Cole. That's probably going to happen at some point, and I'll and I'll be okay for that because I think that'll be funny. I think that that'll be some interesting stories there. Uh, Cole on a pole match. Book it. Yeah. That's what uh, Andy McDonald's saying on Facebook. Probably. Uh, let's see here. Benny Court. I don't know if he's referring. They're talking about MJ. They're, they're, they're talking about someone there in the uh, in the chat. All right, cool guys. They're talking about MJF. Yeah. So, uh, Rico, how do you score this week? This year's New Year's Best uh, AEW Dynamite Special, one through man. ten. And you guys that are watching too, go ahead and sound off in the comments. Let us know what's your score, one through ten. Uh it's a solid eight and a half for me. I think if they had an actual like title match or something like that, it'd have been better. Uh, what that the 
is Mercedes Martinez. Because uh, I was just about to say that. That's just again. I imagine Doctor Britt Baker DMD versus Mercedes Martinez. Like that's another great match. Thunder Rosa, which we're gonna get because this was to set up this storyline, is gonna be Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez, and that to me is a dream match in the women's division. I'm looking forward to that. So that got me hyped. So that gave it that extra point five. So eight point five for me. What about you? Yeah, same, bro. That's a, that. That was gonna be my score. Eight point five is a perfect score. Mercedes Martinez was the game changer tonight. The undisputed era reuniting in aew that was also my second take i think those are the two main takes of this show uh overall man it was just an entertaining show we had tons of tag matches uh some cool promos backstage you know some things just kind of leaving you know scratching out like hmm wonder if this is gonna go through but overall man it was entertaining it was a fun show great matches 8.5 uh let's see what the what the guys in the comments are saying stephen chambers on facebook watching us saying it eight Nathan Iwasuka, if if I totally butchered that, I'm sorry about that, Nathan. He's giving it a four. He may he may not be an AEW fan. Uh, Ricky Castillo giving it eight point five. Uh, Kane Kane Deshawn watching us on YouTube. Solid eight, good show. Uh, David <laughs> Chambers eight. If Miro was on tonight, would have been, been a nine. nine. It would have been a nine and a half if Miro would have been on tonight. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but Miro, Miro's recuperating. We did have a vignette with him on Friday or on Saturday at the holiday bash. Kind of get a little update, seeing that he's feeling better. He's coming back. Uh, so, so far, uh, it's good uh, with Miro. Uh, CRC, Christopher Ryan Cooper giving us a nine because Undisputed Era and Martinez. So, and Nathan is saying too many tag matches. I like to see the singles matches, the individual skills. Hey, to each its own, brother. To each its own. They got, they got two hours to cram as much of these different storylines. That's what I'm saying. And that's the reason anything, why they put these ten tag, these ten men tag matches, so everybody can get TV time. And at, when you look at it and all the notes and all the things we covered, if there's anything that AEW is really good with, is being efficient with their time and getting so many of these storylines across. And sometimes you're trying to do multiple ones at the same time, like we saw uh, with 2.0 and Eddie Kingston and now. Uh, Chris Jericho, and the same thing with the 10-man tag that started off with Jurassic Express and Lucha Brothers, really to get that feud going, but just to give some TV time to Matt Hardy, because he's there, uh, and of course, FTR, because just like Jose said earlier, more likely FTR is going to be the challenger for the winner of the AEW Tag Team Championship match between Lucha Brothers and Jurassic Express, so it, it's all about efficiency here, so you got you got two hours, you got no time to waste, let's go, let's keep it, all exactly. these storylines going. Exactly. Uh, guys, if you're just tuning in right now, go ahead and you give us a subscribe on our YouTube channel. We're all well on our way to 25,000 subscribers. Go ahead and hit that like button, smash that notification bell so you never miss whenever we drop brand new stuff. We have a brand new show that's going to be that that's been going on right now on Instagram every Thursday night, The Bro Show with Diamond Dallas Page. Bang! He goes ahead and talks about different stories, breaks down stuff that's going on right now with Vince Russo and Dr. Chris Featherstone. So you can check that out right now. Some previous episodes on our Instagram is available right now. we got some clips also available on our YouTube channel. we got some great interviews right now with Drew McIntyre and Ray Cuccino. So go ahead and give that a check. So, guys, we have tons of stuff dropping this week. Also, Best of 2021 dropping next week. So we got a lot of stuff. Uh, we had Bill Apter on the show. We had Bill Apter, the good legendary journalist, Bill Apter, joining me on Tuesday. He can get his take on what his match of the year was. And guys, it may not be the one that you're expecting. So check that out. It is a great, great show. Tons of stuff that we got every single day here 
at Sports Keto Wrestling. Let's jump into NXT 2.0, Rico, because the Grayson Waller effect continues on NXT 2.0. But we did get an answer to where in the world Odyssey Jones is, and he's back. He's back on TV. Um, he's back and taking L's. Oh, man. It's just... Why? So, because okay, of the Grayson Waller effect, Jose. I, I understand, but maybe <laughs> maybe putting up against someone that's red hot right now, like Grayson Waller, was that the best idea. What? You talking about the runner-up to the NXT breakout tournament winner? Like, he shouldn't have gone up against the hottest guy right now to take that L? Like, this whole high train that we had in Odyssey Jones possibly going to the main roster, and now he's relegated back to losing to a much smaller Grayson Waller? It has to this be the is, Grayson Wall effect, Jose. This is Keith Lee all over again, but on NXT. Jeez, man. It's just so much potential. It's sad. But at least, one good at news least when is, Keith Lee was in NXT, they treated him like royalty. Like he man. like he was treated perfectly in NXT, right? And I feel like they like the old NXT, Odyssey Jones would have been fine. But now oh, this yeah. new version of it. Why? Why? <sighs> it's yeah, I'm sorry. But, it, frustrates, it frustrates me, but I'm still okay with Grayson Waller taking most of the TV time on Tuesday night. Again, again, demanding all this TV time, and a good part of it is, at least with him and his little running with AJ Styles, we're gonna get AJ Styles at New Year's Evil next week. So I, that's a that's a plus, I guess. The Grayson Waller effect is working and bringing the phenomenal one to NXT in more than one week in a row. So yay. On Grayson, I guess there's something. Yeah. <laughs> what is the grace? Is the Grayson Wall effect taking an effect on you, Rico? It is, man. It is. But well, I, I'm sure he'll win me over eventually when they actually have him something meaty to do, as opposed to basically mess with everybody that's on NXT and give him something solid to work with until he eventually, more likely, takes the title off of Tommaso Ciampa or Bronson or sorry, Braun Breaker. That's Fine, but uh, until then, he's just gonna—he's gonna be Grayson Waller, and just gotta say that every single time we say it, we we see him on TV. You have to say it right. You have to say it right. Grayson, Grayson Waller Wall effect. Grayson uh, but he's not the only one that's affecting these uh, main roster guys because in the storyline, and he even bumped into MSK because you got to give Grayson more time anyway. Uh, we have MSK bringing in Riddle. Unfortunately, he couldn't have been there in person. He was over there via satellite, essentially. Uh, to back up his boys in MSK to challenge Imperium. They had a nice promo. But, Jose, it looks like it could be happening. The ring himself is going to be there in NXT. We're getting a six-man tag match at New Year's Evil. MSK and Riddle versus Imperium. Oh, this is fantastic. I Yes, give me all of this. He's losing more weight. He looks in better shape than he ever has. I'm ready. For the ring general to become either NXT or even mess around, go to a Royal Rumble, win the whole thing, and defeat Roman Reigns. Anything you can do with Walter on this side of the pond, I'm here for. I can't wait to see him next week. MSK, you may have a shaman, but we have a general. Oh, yes. So good. So good. So good. Uh, I, I love the interaction. I think this is going to be a hell of a matchup. Oh. I think this is going to be a banger of a matchup on New Year's Evil next week. Six-man tag, MSK, Riddle. And the entirety of Imperium. Yes, I think this is going to be good. Uh, MSK got a good reception when they came back. You know, they've been away for about four weeks, shooting all these promos and doing the whole shaman bit and whatever. They got a good reception. 
Uh, let's see what they bring to the table now, now that they have Riddle in their corner. Uh, this is just kind of a testament, right, that, you know, NXT's ratings haven't been so good. Bring these stars like Riddle, bring the stars like AJ Styles into the mix. Viewership went up, dude. Viewership went up a good 150K. It was like a little over 613 this week. So the viewerships are better because you got some of these main roster guys in there. Um, I think this is a great idea to keep mixing in some of the main roster guys into NXT um, every now and then, like every month when you're having one of your big shows, bring one of your guys down, you know? I think it's a good idea. Most of it's probably going to be the Grayson Waller effect. But yeah, you're right. Like, it's nice to get these guys back. But look at all the props that we're seeing in the comments right here. Everybody's so happy to have Walter back. And I agree with Steven Chambers. I hope Walter is going to chop the holy snot out of Riddle. All of MSK and Riddle are going to have their chest just chopped in. Hamburger it's, me. It's going to be It's going to be fantastic. But that's one of those matches you really want to see. The matchup between Riddle and Walter. Because those guys are going to be stiff. Those are going to be some hard hits. It's going to be a really fun match to watch all these six guys go. So I'm really I'm really happy. I'm really excited for this next week. Uh, and one match we were looking forward to, we didn't get. Because the Brian Kendrick uh, wasn't able to make it for his match against Harland. But you know what? That set up a very teachable moment, Jose. And that teachable moment, that lesson was do not confront Harlan unless you are like Braun Breaker or somebody else other than Andre Chase. Because, uh, yeah, a win by KO, essentially, because poor Andre Chase got just obliterated by Harlan. You know, so when now- Harlan was banging Andre Chase's head into the mat, all I could see was his life part depleting. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> And then when it got, and when the ring, when the ref would like let KO, oh, oh. <laughs> that's what I saw. I saw that. I don't know if you saw that, but I saw that. Bro, uh, Stephen Chambers, Kendrick had a plan. He didn't show up. He was the man with the plan, and that was a very smart plan. <laughs> was, that was a You're very correct. smart plan from Brian Kendrick. Absolutely. That was a very, very smart plan. So I do got to ask you your opinion, Jose. We talked about it last week, so I'm going to ask you again. How are you feeling about Tiffany Stratton making her in-ring debut? Is that what you expected from her? Meh. Yeah. Meh. It's another blonde girl. She's just, you know, a little bit buffer. She calls the buff buff. She calls herself the buff Barbie. Buff Barbie. Um, not very, wasn't very memorable, to be honest with you. Um, I, I didn't feel like that debut was good for her. I honestly, if if I'm being blunt here. I thought her opponent did a better job at executing moves and making look, making, making her, her look better. better than Tiffany Stratton making her opponent look. I mean, I know this is all about Tiffany Stratton, but I thought that her opponent did better than she did. Is that <sighs> is that wrong to say? Because I know they've been doing a lot of hypes with with Tiffany Stratton over the last these last few weeks, uh, but I wasn't impressed. Like I feel like that whole rich girl daddy buys me this and daddy buys me i feel like that's been done give me something original give me something different you know why does it have to be this cheer little gymnastic daddy's girl that lives in winter park or dr phillips and you know lives in the mansion we've seen that like it's been done yeah i mean they have high hopes for she is athletic she had a couple moves i was like She's oh, athletic. I'll give it to her. I'll, I'll give it to her. She is athletic, but yeah. I, she's still very green. Like you can tell that she, like she's still kind of like struggling with 
the choreography and i think she'll get it eventually she's gonna she's gonna get there but i think she's still a little green she still needs some more ring time like i said her opponent her opponent did better than her when it came to like executing some of those moves inside inside the ring and making them look seamless whereas I felt with like Tiffany, I felt like it was a little yeah. staggery, little hesitant. Like she was, she wasn't letting her body do the thing that you're supposed to do while you're in the, when you're in the match, she was thinking too much about it as opposed to just going with the match. You know what I'm saying? Like you can yeah. tell when you see that, like BFAB, BFAB's a great example. BFAB yeah. was that type of person that was in the ring and she was constantly thinking of what her next move was going to be. As opposed to be like, just go with it. Just Let's go. Be natural. Yeah. And hopefully with some more matches with some more solid people. And um, was it uh, Chris Aldridge was saying, yeah, it's both of these ladies made their debuts. Not only Tiffany, but Fallon, I uh, forgot her last name. That was both of yeah. their NXT debuts. I would think like with more matches, like say with um, uh, Caden Carter would be someone that I think would be good hands to have Tiffany Stratton in the ring against because she is a solid vet. And she would do a good mm-hmm. job of putting over Tiffany Stratton and being able to. Yeah, be... that would have been a better matchup. Yes, I agree. I think I she has more veteran that. savvy and knowing, like, if something isn't looking right, that she can help guide her through to have a good match and look solid in her debut. So I just think that's the one bad thing about having not so many veterans uh, is that you you may kind of miss out on those opportunities. So, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see if she happens to continue to grow. Maybe she'll before her our very eyes, she will turn into be. Maybe one of the best uh, women's wrestlers that we've had in this generation. You never Maybe. know with NXT Maybe. and with WWE. But that remains to be seen. However, what also remains to be seen is who is going to be walking out of New Year's Evil as the one and only North American champion because a Cruiserweight title is bye-bye. It is gone. But we had uh, the contract signing. Uh, Ricky, got to say it right. The Cruiserweight title is going to be bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> As as old as that reference is, that's how far gone it's going to be. Uh, but, you know, it was a fun segment hosted by uh, Wade Barrett uh, with, of course, uh, Diamond Mine and Malcolm Bivens, again, continues to be a treasure. He, I, I love every time that he's on the mic. Uh, he was basically translating like Luther, uh, the translator for the president and Key and Peele. Basically, everything that that uh, Trick Williams was trying to say to Roderick Strong and to the rest of Diamond Mine, he had to translate it just to make everybody know what this is. And poor Wade Barrett, he has no understanding of Ebonics, so he was completely lost in whatever. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> was like, hold on, hold on. I can't understand what either of you are saying. <laughs> so I I love and that he played that. Translate. And, oh, okay. I it's so, like that episode. It's like that that scene. Oh my god, this is gonna be a really dated reference, but it's like that scene from Airplane when the flight attendant and the guy is like translating the jive. Yeah, that's that's essentially what we got. But we we had it in a much more modern, and uh, it was just a good segment. Like these guys have good chemistry between Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes and Malcolm Bivens. Like I think they're great. All their mic work was great. The only person that kind of felt flat to me was Roderick Strong. Like, he just – he was, like, the not cool kid at the table when it came to the segment. Like, he's just there to be the good wrestler. He's not there to put over this match on the mic. So, you know, but they let the guys do their thing. Uh, and, of course, uh, poor Trick Williams. He, uh, yeah, picked a fight that he shouldn't have, and he got put through the table thanks to the Creed brothers. So, uh, yeah, Carmelo is so winning this match. He's walking out North American champion. 
I don't know, man, because Roderick Strong has been on a roll too, man, and they're putting a lot of a lot of faith behind Diamond Mine right now. I don't know, man. I think, this is, I think this is a toss-up. I know. I think this is a toss-up, bro. This is. I think this is this isn't as cookie cutter and uh, a cookie cutter as you would think it would be because I think we may have some type of a no finish on it. I don't think. I don't know, dude. I don't think it's just going to be as clear as that because Roderick Strong. All right. Carmelo hasn't lost since he last lost to, was it Kushida? He hasn't lost since he lost wow. to Kushida. He, he hasn't taken a loss since, yeah, since before the breakout tournament, basically. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't lost since then. He's due for a loss, bro. He's due for a loss. I don't know. Uh, Roger's kind of been on a on a pretty good tear. Diamond Mine is doing well. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a toss up. I, I I can't make a final prediction on that quite yet. Well, we'll see who walks out as the North American champion in this new year. But as you guys are saying in the chat, one person that's probably going to be a champion at some point next year, Solo Sokoa. So of course, backstage we had a little segment with Santos was. Trying to talk to Electra because uh, uh, Zion Quinn basically left an ultimatum. It's like, all right, you need to make a decision. Is it going to be me or is it going to be Legado? And then Santos goes to confront her about it. And they happen to do it in front of the door to the locker room, which is the probably not the best place to have a family conversation. Uh, yeah. And so I was trying to leave. And he's like, oh, yo, it's not my business. But they're trying to tell him, oh, you need to apologize for interfering with our family conversations. No, but if you want to handle this, we can do this in the uh, ring. Exactly. <laughs> Good matchup. Good yeah, matchup was, with yeah, this it was, was a great. really good match between Solo and Santos with Solo getting the win. So it looks like again, he's one of those guys that's poised to be a breakout star in this next year. And uh we still have Boa doing his thing, and we're gonna be getting Solo Sokoa versus Boa, if not at New Year's Evil, the week after. Probably. I think that's about right. Uh later on, then we cut to uh to a shot from outside the CWC where Harlan was on the roof. With uh, Andre Chase University member oh, uh, Bodie Hayward, he was all the way up there, and then you know, Casey is like, I think he's learned his lesson. He just drops in him, just leaves him there. Harlan's psychotic, dude. He's, I'll give it to Parker, man. Parker's portraying this character pretty damn good. He's pretty creepy. He's freaking me out. Pretty creepy. Yeah. <laughs> freaking me out. You know who else freaks me out? <laughs> the forehead of Von Wagner. I'm the sorry, we're talking about The forehead <laughs> and the eyes of one Von Wagner. Oh, oh my god, man. dude. Uh so Von Wagner gets a win on Malik Blade. I feel bad for Malik Blade, but at least he can take an L's for months so on talented. You've seen he his is. locally he in is. Oh, uh but it dude, dude, I swear, I swear Wade Barrett listens to us and watches our show because last week. In the last few weeks, what did I say? What did I say about Von Wagner? What does he look like? What does he remind you of? Oh man. Oh. Yeah, what, what did I say? Yeah, the I don't Geico know. Caveman. The, oh, the caveman. Yes. And he have the oh Geico Caveman. I said You're that like two on. or three weeks ago. And I think a yeah. couple of weeks in a row. I'm like, this guy just freaks me out. He looks like a caveman. He's like the Geico Caveman. He's like the guy that's walking in the airport. He's just, yeah. That guy. And Wade Barrett, he's like, look at this guy. He looks like a caveman. Hey, man. 
I'm like, hey, Wade, you're listening to my show, aren't you? Bro, oh, man. Yeah, again, a role so easy a caveman can do it. That's what Von Wagner is doing right now. But it looks like he might be filling the role of the newest client of the Robert Stone brand. We'll see, because he needs something. Because uh, they had high hopes putting him in a title match in his debut in NXT, and now look where he is now. So without Kyle O'Reilly, he's kind of fallen from grace. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if he can stick it out through the primal age of his NXT this. run. Into I love this comment from uh, Mixed Partial Farts on YouTube. <laughs> love that name, by the way. <laughs> Greatest name on YouTube to the, to, to the day. Yes. The new meme is to call everyone unknown mm-hmm. Wagner. Yeah. Who's that? Oh, oh it's Von Wagner. Von Wagner. Uh, yeah. So they should change that also for like for like uh, like the air traffic controls. Instead of saying we have an unidentified flying object, um, we have a Von Wagner, Wagner in the sky right now coming in at uh, 128 knots per hour. Who's that? What's that? Oh, oh, okay. Oh yeah. Von Wagner. Unknown. 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 Gotcha. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> what did you think this week's uh, NXT man? Uh, we had Riddle, we had AJ, yeah, and we and had, we had event. yeah, the tag team, uh, the team, the winning team of NXT War Games going against each other to determine who's going to be facing Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship next week in the triple threat match at New Year's Evil. With it's no surprise here, it's Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez retaining their spots in this title match. Who's going to win that match still remains to be seen. Probably no, probably Mandy Rose, uh, because you have Cora Jade in there, but uh, it, it wasn't bad. And I mean, it's EO and Kaylee Ray, so like again, there's four solid competitors, but it's just there were so many good things that happened tonight on Dynamite, plus it just happened, so it's it's hard for me to give it any close to a rating to that. We didn't have we didn't have the champion, we didn't have Tommaso Champa, we didn't have Jonathan Breaker, like we had a lot of grace and wall effect, so I, I'm gonna give it a seven. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So we didn't have Braun. We didn't have Champa. We did have Walter uh, Riddle. We, so, yeah. we didn't have Mandy in there either because she just throw, she just dropped it a in a couple of recorded things. Yeah. We didn't have talks at a chat. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little bit more crucial. Even though we got AJ on camera and we got Riddle on camera. And Walter on camera. And Walter on camera. I'm gonna go six, dude. I'm gonna go six. If they would have been wow. there in person, that would have easily oh, been yeah, an it, eight. That would have easily been an eight or an eight point five. Just because, and I know because of COVID and Omicron and all traveling that stuff, and yeah. But the fact that if they would have been there in person, the energy would have been different. Would have been like, oh shit, I am hyped up for New Year's Eve now. Riddle and Walter face to face, like. Yes, yeah. in another universe, I can imagine that face-off, Walter, uh, Walter and Imperia, and MSK and Riddle, just right there in the middle of the ring, facing each other, boom. Bro, that would have been have elevated like that, quick. That would have been a, a lot elevated. Uh, so, yeah, so just for that, because those, you know, promos were, you know, pre-taped and put it into the broadcast, yeah, I'm going to give it a six, dude. For a go-home wow. show, for a big show like New Year's Evil, That's true. Uh, pay-per-view Ooh. caliber show on, yeah. on TV, uh yeah, dude. I think yeah, six is, I think is fair. We didn't even get a yeah. We didn't get a go home segment for the rematch of Braun Breaker versus Tommaso Ciampa. That is wow. You know, yeah, you're actually right. That's I was gonna say wow. Is it like the low score you've hit, you've given to NXT in a long time? And yeah, you made every right point. So I, 
I can't be mad at you with that. <laughs> yeah, man. I think. Uh, yeah, I think if if those characters would have been right uh, right there in the studio, it would have been a much better show. It would have been like, oh damn, Riddle and Walter. <laughs> shit, I gotta check that shit out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got. Yeah, uh, we didn't get. That. All right, guys. Uh, let me. Uh, let's see what you guys are saying. Chris Aldridge, seven. Christopher Ryan Cooper giving it a seven. Nathan's giving it a six point five. Uh, let's see here. Molly Warwick joining us a little bit late. That's okay, Molly. Thank you for joining us, anyways. As always, guys, if you're just joining us, go ahead and hit that like button and engage with the show, and make sure you are sharing in your favorite wrestling group. If you're watching us on Facebook, tag your wrestling friends in the comment section. So they can join us in the conversation. She's giving NXT a seven. Uh, David on Facebook is also giving NXT a seven. And mixed partial farts watching us on YouTube is giving it a seven as well, almost an eight. Uh, but yeah. So uh overall, it's always a good week where we get to watch some some cool wrestling. Uh, you know, we call this job, you know. I love it. Uh, it is the end of the year, Rico. Uh, before we head out until we see each other next year here on the debrief, uh, what are uh, what are your some of your uh, best you know most memorable moments from NXT and AEW, and oh, what are you looking man. forward to in 2022? Uh, again, I'm still holding on to what I consider the best match of last year is the ladder not ladder match the cage match. Between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, the Lucha Brothers winning the first ever AEW Tag Team Championship. Uh, the most memorable thing of NXT is this whole switch, man. It's crazy to think of how much has changed in the span of one year of having the Undisputed Era and having the Reign of All Gold. And now you have poor Roderick Strong in the SpongeBob meme as Squidward inside the house looking out with Patrick and SpongeBob running across. And just seeing how much everything has changed, like to me, that's still the craziest thing. Uh, and just how quickly things have changed. And again, this has only been a couple of years of AEW, and so much has just kept changing. But one thing I am looking forward to is all the matches. Not only do we have starting off this next year, uh, especially with uh, AEW's debut on TBS. Mm-hmm. But seeing where these guys it's, these guys continue to develop, like I'm still looking forward to Braun Breaker. I'm looking forward to the Grayson Waller effect and see what else he's going to be able to do. And some of these you stars, see, you see, ever since they broke that little bubble, they, everybody's all like, about the Grayson Waller effect now. I'm not, yeah, I'm sure it'll grow on me just like a lot of these other things have. But just seeing how they continue to develop some of these younger talent, because again, these are going to be the guys that try to create that new era of superstars like we saw in their John Cena's and Randy Orton's and Braun, um, and Brock Lesnar. So I'm really looking forward to see how this talent develops. And that's also the same thing with AW to see where Sammy goes, what they do with MJF, with Darby Allen, with Jungle Boy. So just these younger guys, they're going to be taking over the wrestling scene for years to come. So I'm looking forward to seeing the development because we're seeing it now. We're seeing some of these young, young guys heading into their prime. So I'm excited to see what this new year holds for a lot of these amazing young talent because we get to have, again, the platinum age of wrestling at this point. We have all of this amazing talent on all of this TV that we get to watch and ingest. And that's not even talking about New Japan, and we haven't even gotten to you know talk about any of that. So MLW, bro. And MLW stepping up and some right signings of people. So, like, I love where wrestling is headed right now. Even though it's different than what we expected last year, and hopefully we don't revert to what we had two years ago and a year and a half ago, 
but I'm excited to see what the future holds, especially with a lot of young talent. What about you? Jose? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think one of the most memorable things this year was uh, the debuts on AEW, like the debut of CM Punk, oh, the man. debut of Brian Danielson. I think those were, those were huge and massive game changer moments uh, for the business. Uh, from NXT, man, I think uh, the return of Samoa Joe, I think that was that was huge earlier this year. Um, the run that Karrion Cross had on NXT, that was also huge. Uh, but also, you know, the whole switch, just having literally a change of the guard within a year, you know, a, a change of veteran guys that were dominating the black and gold brand all of a sudden get swapped out for this new generation of stars that are coming in uh, through the 2.0 era. So I think those are like some of some of the most memorable moments uh, from from both companies uh, this year. And I mean, how can you forget sixty minute Broadway oh, with Hangman man. Adam Page and Brian Daniels in one of the best matches of the year, uh, if not the best match, the best match of the year? So uh, it's definitely a great moment to be a wrestling fan. Uh, that's why we always say enjoy wrestling because it doesn't matter if it's in AEW, WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor. It doesn't matter. Matter. You have to enjoy it because you're a fan. There's always going to be a little bit of tribalism. That's okay. Going into 2022, guys, let's keep things amicable. Let's keep things nice. Don't be don't be dicks to each other, all right? If you see a guy that's wearing an AEW shirt and you happen to be a WWE fan, you'll be like, I like Brandon Branson. I like Brandon. And you guys can agree on something. I like your shirt, right? Just be nice to each other. You know, there's no need to be dicks to each other. And same vice versa. I see some AEW marks out there in the social media just trashing WWE fans left and right, right? You guys used to watch WWE too, so be nice to each other, right? And uh, that's my message to you guys. So have a great 2022. Have a safe New Year's Eve. Be nice to each other. I can't wait for 2022 because it is truly going to be the platinum age of professional wrestling. And you can always count on us. Rico and myself here on The Debrief to bring you every single week all you need to know on AEW and NXT, guys. So it's been a great 2021. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Like, share, subscribe, smash that notification bell. And we'll see you next year in 2022. So for Rico and Gloroso, I'm Jose G. And remember, when you are watching wrestling, you have to do the single most important thing which is what rico enjoy it enjoy wrestling yeah have a good night and happy new year guys happy new year watch out watch out watch out watch out